So Lisa, part of my responsibilities as a ambassador, especially as a triathlete, is to coordinate an event to get more women into the sport of triathlon and endurance sport in general. And I was talking with my buddy about how we wanted to do this since we're local in the area. So we have the opportunity to partner. And it was really kind of taxing because we were trying to think through, you know, what's some of the essential information, language, or or even gear that you might need as someone starting without feeling overwhelmed. And it really got us thinking about who's the audience that we're reaching for here. We Uh, kind of trying to attract people that are just, you know, off the couch athletic, or let's say they're already a runner and they want to move into triathlon and so forth. And we have not come to any conclusions at all as far as the content of this event, but it has had me thinking quite a bit about who are we trying to attract here um, and hopefully kind of get them to feel like they belong. Yeah, that's tough when you have kind of a diverse audience thinking about how do you frame what you're teaching or what you're sharing so that everyone feels welcome because implicitly the language that you use, the words that you choose, the way you describe something is going to send kind of an unspoken message about who you're targeting it at, right? So you want to have you cast that net as broad as possible so that people don't think that it's not for them. Exactly. Yeah, we we want everyone to feel like it's for them. So we're still kind of throwing this around. And I said, let me bring it to the podcast because um, I don't know if I'll end up with more questions or answers by the end of the pod, but I thought we should think it through out loud. I'm Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold and I go by she, her, her pronouns. And I'm Dr. Lisa Ingefield and I go by she, her, hers. Welcome to Unfazed, a podcast to disrupt your normal and challenge your brain to go the distance. So Lisa, this has been a conundrum that my friend Stacy and I have been trying to work through a little bit in regards to what do we want to really talk about? We've done this before, but uh, what would we communicate to folks who may be outside of the endurance sport community or outside of the triathlon community that they can belong, they should belong, they, they will belong? I have no idea, but um, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to get there. We're trying to sort it out. Yeah, you know, this dilemma reminds me of a Code Switch um, episode, which is a fabulous podcast by NPR, if you all want to check it out. So Mm -hmm. they aired a rerun of an episode they did a while back now, but it was based on um, kind of in-group, out-group and the role of the audience. And Mm -hmm. when, as a podcast host, they choose to explain a concept and the choice to explain a concept sends a message about who the podcast is for, right? So kind of the, um, you know, like even something basic, like, you know, a beginner level something, and you're explaining these very basic concepts, then people who are intermediate or advanced are going to self-select out because they're like, oh, this podcast isn't for me. So without even needing to say who the podcast is for, um, the language (laughs) choice and what they choose to explain Mm-hmm. sends that message. And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm wondering what you think about that. Well, yeah, it, it's exactly, you know, and I've, I've had situations where even in my tri club where we had that conundrum too of, you know, what do we write in that little blurb inviting people to come out to that, uh, that training ride, for example, do we want to share that we're having, you know, A, B, C, and D groups or, 
are we saying it's for beginners when it's actually not or um, intermediate or should they have some type of bike based on the terrain? You know, it's really hard to kind of think through that because, you know, I don't know about most people, but I'm what I finished up four half irons and I still would call myself a relative beginner based on which sport you're starting with. Um, And so, you know, for me, it was like, that's interesting that what you, the word choice um, should be very intentional and very thoughtful around who you invite, you know? And so, you know, I think it's a both and we think, oh, we're inviting people, but at the very same time, we're inviting some, we're, we're um, excluding others um, in ways that are relatively clear. So if, you know, if we were to ask 10, you know, 10 athletes, you know, would you come or not based on this blurb? I guarantee you we'd have answers across the spectrum. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about, you know, often I see events that say something to the effect of all abilities welcome or all levels welcome. And so now I'm mm. like analyzing that, right? Because that right. on its face seems right. to be inclusive, right? But mm-hmm. is it? Because I'm thinking about how I might interpret the quote unquote, all levels welcome, depending on where I am in that spectrum of experience. Yes. And I don't know that I would take that at face level as a beginner. And then as, as an advanced athlete, I might be like, eh, this means it's going to be too slow or too blank. You know what I mean? Like make assumptions about that. Right. Um, Right. What do you you think about those? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because there, so for example, I saw a, a ride that was local here to my area. I saw a ride that said exactly that all abilities welcome. And then when I went on reading into the details, it was, you know, if you need a cue sheet, print it off here. And I'm like, wait a minute. If this is for all abilities, some people don't even know what a cue sheet is, much less how to read it uh, or, you know, even to have some clips to put it in the right place on your bike so you can read it as you No, like none of that. And so to me, the description said one thing, but then the details said something quite different. And so, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like somebody saying, you know, beginners welcome and the course is through Lake Placid. It's like Lake Placid is not a beginner's course if you look at the elevations. And so, you know, to me, I just feel like, you know, we have to really think critically. It, it kind of reminds me, Lisa, of in higher ed when we have to remind professors that many of them were first generation at one time and remember what it feels like when people don't know the acronyms and they don't know certain words and they don't know certain phrases. And just kind of being reflective on that, because what we're saying and what we're doing is just not matching up here. It's not mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. would you tell a beginner, you know, there's no sag, so be prepared to do your own maintenance. God forbid something should happen. That may not be a beginner skill. Um, I, I know people who are multiple full iron com- finishers and they have never uh, changed a, a tire or a tube. So, you know, what are we communicating um, and, you know, maybe we should come up with a, a list of words that are uh, inclusive or not in regards to this, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think people are being left out. Definitely being left yeah. out. Yeah. And I'm just even thinking of SAG, right? Like, I didn't know what that was when I first started cycling. Like, I, you know, SAG man, <laughs> right. or whatever. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I was trying to think, like, it's probably an acronym, right? Like, what does it right. stand for? Um, right. So, yeah, there's those little things that you are, com- you're communicating something mm-hmm. with 
the explanations you don't provide, right? So I'm thinking about this podcast, this Code Switch yes. podcast, and they were thinking about it in terms of race because that, that's what the show is about. Right. And they were mm -hmm. um, having this dilemma about what concepts do they explain on the podcast because mm -hmm. their choice to explain a particular um, uh, idea or concept that's linked to racial identity Mm -hmm. implicitly sends a message that the audience is primarily white or the expectation that the audience is primarily white. And then when mm -hmm. they don't take the time to make the explanation, they get critiques from white people who say, well, I felt left out of the podcast because you didn't explain A, B, and C, right? Like there's not Google available for mm -hmm. you to look that shit up. So, um, <laughs> oh, you know, right, and, and right. then the burden that that feels on communities of color who are listening to the podcast and go, eh, this isn't for me because you're doing all this basic explanation, which tells me implicitly that you're, you you are assuming that your listeners are white. And so mm -hmm. this kind of tension that they, they walk, um, you know, and I, I wonder when we think about race in the context of triathlon um, and gender in the context of triathlon, are we doing the same things? Like, I think you and I probably do that, Shona, on this podcast. Like, what are we choosing to explain and what are we not choosing to explain? What assumptions are we making there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, we could go on forever with like a glossary of words and concepts and things that we have not explained on this podcast because there may have been some assumption that people knew what it was. So for example, going back however many weeks ago to rainbow washing the podcast, we gave it very clearly, we gave a definition of what rainbow washing was, but I don't think we've ever given an explanation of what bias is right. or what, you know, implicit bias really means even what diversity is defined as like we've talked about representation a, a good bit but there's some words that you and I because we're in this field think are fundamental that are not fundamental to everyone else and being aware of that and who that invites in or who that leaves out um, and so now of course mm -hmm. we're limited by time but we do this often you know and and how interesting is it that we do it in lots of different circles based on the audience that we're speaking of. So, you know, we do it in endurance sport. We do it in higher ed. We do it in, in lots of different corners of our lives where we know we don't have to explain the acronym or the shortened version because we feel that we know who we're speaking to. And we also know who we're not speaking to. Yeah. I mean, I wonder though, you know, like by our choice not to define certain concepts, Mm -hmm. Are we, are we sending a message around our belief about who listens to us? And if we were to explain mm. every minute concept, such as those you listed off, are we then mm -hmm. also sending a message that we assume our audience is primarily white, which then is a turnoff for athletes mm. of color, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know, cause I'm just speculating, but what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, here's one thing that I know that we, uh, I won't say fall short on, we're just focused on. I know that we have rarely spoken to a white male audience on this podcast. Right, right. And we're not saying that certain things are, like, for example, with bias, there's some things that are intentional, some things that are unintentional. I think there are some, some areas that people do focus um, and they know what they're doing as they're doing it. But what happens when it's implicit where people don't realize they're doing it, right? So 
if if you and I, Lisa, put our brains together and we say that we don't want to speak to a certain audience, then we focused and we've made that intentional decision. Right. I would suggest there's a difference that there are some folks in our community, in endurance sport community, that are unconsciously making a decision to use certain right, language right. that does not connect with folks. And so I think for at least the purposes of these few minutes we're on this podcast is to heighten folks' sense of awareness of, are you intentionally making choices day in and day out using certain language to either include people because that's your choice or exclude people because that is also your choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and to do it thoughtfully rather than just letting it happen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that communicates a lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm building the plane as I fly again, Lisa, but I, that's kind of how I would respond to that. Um, yeah. there's no good answer, but yeah. And I'm thinking about all these other kind of endurance sport podcasts, you know, ones about coaching, ones about physiology, um, other kind of race skills. And then the assumptions that those hosts are making about what they explain and what they don't explain. Yeah. And it's likely not conscious in terms of who they're thinking their audience is. So they're probably making an assumption they're probably making an assumption about who their audience is, right? Whether it's skewing white or skewing male. So mm-hmm. those people's experiences are centered again, implicitly in the construction of the podcast. And so then Absolutely. I think when, when you and I talk about barriers to triathlon or barriers to endurance sport in the context of race and gender, we're assuming our audience doesn't know that stuff. So I think then we're assuming our audience is primarily white, not, but I think excuse female, our audience. Yes. Right. Right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We definitely skew female. And I think we're, you know, lending ourselves to that audience. And, you know, I think what's, what's powerful about what you're bringing up here too, though, is that even as we are conscious of this, I think, how can we say when it comes to audiences, this is kind of what we were talking about when it came to data and assessment and so forth, being aware of who your audience is currently and being aware of who you want your audience to be. And that kind of goes back to what mm-hmm. I was saying with mm-hmm. Stacy and I around, you know, building out that newbie uh, workshop uh, for folks is that we're very conscious of who our audience currently is, but we're also very conscious of who our audience is not yet and trying to speak to both of those groups at the same time is where it really gets tough. You know, it's re- I, I yeah, would not yeah. mind at all. And in fact, would invite white men to listen to this podcast because I believe there's lots to learn from, from us and just in general, from the questions that our listeners ask that we attempt to answer. So not saying that there's nothing here for white males to learn. I just think that we've skewed in a particular direction intentionally mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, based on the numbers we started with. So I, I think we, we've got some growing edges there with that, of course. Yeah, I mean, we're not centering the white male experience, which is actually makes me think of the Outspoken Summit, right? Which parentheses right. for now, if you would like it, outspokensummit.com. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, run, stop what you're doing right now and run and go register. Yeah, we, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a women in triathlon summit. It's not necessarily for women, it's about women. But because it's about women, Um, men and folks of other gender are self-selecting out because their voice isn't centered. Um, You know, so they're like, well, that's not for me. And so I Mm -hmm. think, you know, it falls on both sides, right? We want it to feel like it's for you, but you have Mm -hmm. kind of decided that because women is the subject, therefore it's not for you. Like you don't have a stake in women's experience, right? Which Mm -hmm. is obviously a fallacy. So it kind of, it's interesting about whether or not 
like how do we um how do we engage communities around inclusivity in triathlon if we actually are naming the marginalization in the title of the event, right? Right, like right, right. When it's, when it's not for per se, it's about, right? How can mm-hmm. we collectively as a community, all of us, no matter our gender, no matter our race, affect change related to gender? How can we as a community affect change related to race, right? Just because mm-hmm. race would be in the title racial identity, mm-hmm. I mean, when I say race, would be in the title of something, mm-hmm. is that going to lead to all these white people self-selecting out? Because they're going to be like, well, that's not for me, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a problem, right? Well, it, it, damn it, not only is it a problem, it's just flat out privilege, right? Because right, right. as, so let me give you an example, because as you were saying it, it was kind of formulating, it was percolating in my brain here. I don't necessarily show up everywhere or make the decision to show up in certain spaces based on the fact that I'm expecting it to be about me. In fact, the majority of the world is not about me, but I still have to show up to it, right? And so to me, it's an interesting point of privilege of I'm going to self-select out of something because I don't see myself in it. And that's when we get into that proximity of I'm not going to care about that particular group because it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it isn't about me. So I'm not going to make myself available because it's not mm-hmm. about me. When in fact, a, as a black person, the majority of the world is not about me, but I still have to be available. Right. To the world. right. As a woman, the majority of the world is not about us, but we're still available to that world. And so that's what I think is interesting from a white male perspective. So maybe I I don't know, after this podcast, maybe we'll have this huge upsurge in registrations to outspoken <laughs> by white men. I don't know. But I think it's a great point to think about is you're right, this about versus uh, including like the majority of the world. I mean, I, I was even talking about this earlier where, you know, what if everything was flipped? You know, what if everything was flipped where, you know, the white guys showed up to the race that was predominantly people of color that were athletes there? And so for the one of the first or few times ever, they show up and they're not in the majority and it's noticeable, whereas they've been in the majority for years and never noticed it, right? We live lives in this way yeah, where there's yeah. a world that's constructed that wasn't for us, but we keep showing up to it. I don't think white men have been challenged in that way to show up to a world that wasn't created for them. Mm-hmm. And outspoken could be that world or at least that microcosm for a few days, but you know, that hasn't been forced. And so therefore white men have never not been the audience. Right. Yeah. It's rare that they're not the audience. Yeah. They're so used to being the audience. And for people who are not used to being the audience, they're like primed to understand that. Right. And they've developed skills to exist in a place or an environment where they're not centered. Whereas this isn't something that people with privilege is same with people, um, you know, folks with disabilities, right. They're not mm-hmm. centered. Like, you know, even like the physical environment, the way a race is structured, like the way you travel um, is not structured for them. And so they're constantly thinking about that. Whereas you or I, you know, we just, you know, go to the airport, get on a plane. There's no issues um, Mm -hmm. with that. And so we're never thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's right. So Yeah. Yeah. It just, this audience thing is so interesting to me about the messages that it's sending about what we choose, what we're explaining and what we're not explaining. I just, it was a little bit of an aha moment for me thinking Mm -hmm. about that because, 
you know, rarely do we explain um, anything related to white culture, right? We're only explaining things related to non-white culture, which that's right is that's not right. is not an equal. We're not. There's no equality of explanation. I guess is what I'm saying. Right. That's well, something. exactly, exactly. There's no equality of explanation, and there's also no equity in regards to the onus of who's having to educate whom. So, you know, no one, no one took me to the side and said, okay, Shauna, this is how white people wash their hair, right? Versus I've had white people pull me to the side and say, hey, I don't quite understand this, but can you tell me a little bit about black hair? Because I don't really understand why, you know, black people don't like to swim or they wear their hair a certain way or X, Y, Z. And then the onus ends up being upon individuals that are already feeling like outsiders, an entire construct of society has built them out as outsiders, and they're still left to explain their very existence. Right. Yeah. Ain't nobody trying to do that. No, I'm not interested in being the consummate educator on everything in regards to my identity groups. No, thank you. So, so then that goes back to as we determine who's the insider group, who's the outsider group, who's empowered, who's disempowered, how much onus should it be on the individual who is not aware of a particular culture to do their homework around that culture? And not saying that you shouldn't ever ask a question because right. I'm an educator, so I like questions. But um, still, what is your starting point? So when people come to me and want to talk about systemic racism, I'm, my first few questions is, well, what have you done thus far to learn more about it on your own? And let's start there versus Shauna has to take you from zero to 100. You should at least be around 50 before you even come ask me anything because you have taken the responsibility to learn about something that may not have affected mm -hmm. you in the past. Mm -hmm. Or let me take that back. It has affected you. You've benefited from it, but it has not negatively affected you. So therefore, you've never had to critically examine it. Right. Right. So if you're listening to our podcast or you're listening to another podcast and there's something, a concept that's on there and it isn't explained, right? Because that's an intentional choice, perhaps in the context right. of thinking about being inclusive of communities of color or other marginalized communities. And you are a person of privilege. So you're white or you're male, mm -hmm. um, or you're able-bodied. Then I would just, you know, I think don't feel dejected that you were like, quote unquote, left out of that conversation, right? Like understand right. what that feels like, remember it and go look it up on the interweb. That's right. That's right. Go look it up on the interwebs. Well, and, and then too, Lisa, you know, folks can always email us and, uh, and ask us, hey, we heard you mentioned this word. What does that mean? Lisa, I remember even um, when we first started the podcast almost a year ago now, and our intro, we, of course, use our pronouns and someone wrote in asking us, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, you know, reach out and, and let us know. So maybe we can include it in the newsletter or sometimes it's something that's so broadly misunderstood. We might want to build a whole podcast around it. Who knows? But um, but don't hesitate to, to reach out to us because you're right. There's some things that we move forward on because of limitations in time. And there's other things that I'm sure we've taken for granted in the past because we're in the academic environment, y'all. Yeah. This is what happens when you get a bunch of PhDs together to run a podcast. You just, you're inundated with language. Um, yeah. 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 So I, I think, you know, what it comes down to, um, and I love your point around the whole audience piece is not only who's the audience, but also who is most uncomfortable by being excluded. 
And there are folks that yeah. are uncomfortable and, and how do we, how do we engage them? How do they engage us? Um, and, and how do we move from there? Because I think there's the discomfort piece, you know, people don't reach out to say, Hey, you left me out unless they're feeling uncomfortable about it. Um, and so there's, there's something to be said there with that discomfort piece. Yeah. And I think that discomfort piece is different, right? If you are an endurance sport organization, you're hosting a podcast, an event, and you want to diversify your event or your listener base or whatever, diversify in terms of race and gender, then you don't want African-American, Latinx people feeling left out. You don't want women feeling left out, right? Really what you want to be hearing is that perhaps white people feel left out. Um, And I'm not Mm -hmm. arguing that people should feel left out. I'm saying that to be inclusive might mean that pe- the people who are often centered are decentered, right? They're, and that yes. will feel uncomfortable for the people being decentered, but that's a good thing, <laughs> I think. <laughs> hey everyone, this is Dr. Lisa Ringerfield, co founder of the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. We are really excited to announce that the Outspoken Summit will be returning in 2021. This year has created an opportunity for triathletes to get back in the blocks and start to rebuild triathlon to create a more inclusive and welcoming space for all. Join us from the 12th to the 14th of November as we host a virtual summit to connect with like-minded women, center women's equity in the sport, hear from industry leaders, and develop leadership skills related to our roles in triathlon. The summit will provide a rich forum to develop strong voices, inspire others, and advocate for change in the sport we love. For more information and to sign up for the event, go to OutspokenSummit.com. We hope to see you there. The Unfazed Podcasts and all things Feisty Triathlon are grateful to be supported by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker cuts through the noise of diet and wellness trends by analyzing your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to provide you a personalized, science-backed, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is a simpler, cheaper, and more convenient option than traditional blood tests, and their test includes biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from the traditional option. What we love about them? They don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. Inside Tracker is offering 25% off their entire store to the Feisty Triathlon community. To claim your offer, go to insidetracker.com slash feistytriathlon. Unfazed, a podcast produced by Live Feisty Media and supported by the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. Edited and produced by the fabulous Lindsay Glassford. Email us at info at unfazedpodcast.com and find us on social at Try to Defy, at Dr. Gold Speaks, or at Outspoken Women in Tri. I'm Lisa. I'm Shauna. Thanks for listening. Stay unfazed, folks. See you next time. <laughs>